Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad that you joined in. If you're in any kind of danger, please do not listen to the podcast. Hang up, dial 911. Or if you're just in you know, need of assistance, please dial the National Domestic Violence Hotline number. That number is 1-800-799-7233. Again, that number is 1-800-799-7233. Guys, tonight... Um, It's September the 5th, 2020, and I have a special guest on the podcast tonight, and bless her heart, she's waited for a month, (laughs) so um, we're going to do this natural, and you know, like I always kind of do everything, and um, y'all know how that goes, and if I have permission to record and share the podcast um, of Miss September Burton, She is a survivor of domestic violence and would like to inspire other victims and survivors of domestic violence with her story. So if I've got your permission, Miss September, we will start the recording. Yes, you have my permission. Okay. All right. Um, Like I told y'all, she's here to talk about um, her story and she wants to inspire other women. And so hopefully through this podcast and her story of um, resilience, and of uh, surviving domestic violence. Um, She will help out so many people. And um, go ahead, September. All right, well, thank you, Missy, for having me. And I've been excited for this podcast, but I actually think that the wait was, it it worked out well. I think that there's a reason that that we had to wait a little while to get this recorded. Um, So thank you for having me on. Oh, yeah. Um, My story, starts I it's a narcissist story um he basically uh he's an attorney and uh we met at a networking group and we started dating we became friends first um so you know I developed a a level of trust in him before we even started dating Mm -hmm. um and you know there's it's kind of interesting because I've been sharing my story a lot lately and uh and I share my story because it it's healing me to share my story and it's also helping me to process a lot of what happened and I I'm looking back and kind of seeing things that happened that I wouldn't have even realized were grooming and those kinds of things um, if I hadn't shared my story so many times now Um, but one of the things that he did was like I said by the time we started dating I had already developed a level of trust in him Um, I felt safe and comfortable with him and so the very first night that I spent at his house, the following morning, he took me down into the basement to show me his gun collection. And what's kind of interesting about that is that we were together for five years after that and never again, he never went shooting. He never pulled out his guns. We never looked at his guns together, never did anything with those guns. So it's like, why would he have taken me down into his basement after the very first night that we spent together to show me his gun collection? And Mm. now knowing what I know and understanding this, um, this disorder disease from the, from a very educated perspective at this point, um, he, he was basically laying it out from the very beginning that, if I ever stepped out of line, there were going to be consequences. Wow. Um, Yeah. So, and it wasn't like that at all. You know, it was very casual. Hey, here's my gun collection kind of a thing. But, um, you know, seeing it from a different perspective, that's what he was doing. Um, I'm in hiding. I, to this day right now, I live in hiding. Nobody knows where I am. Um, I fled 
uh, in January, January 31st of 2020 was when I finally fled uh, because he had been stalking. We had split up in March of 2019. And uh, when we first split up, he, the conversation between the two of us was, you know, this has gotten out of hand. We're fighting too much. We need a breather. Uh, we're just going to take a break for a little while, but then we're going to try to get back together again in maybe six months, a year down the road. That was that was the conversation that we were having. Um, but then the way that his friends and family were treating me, I could tell it didn't take very long before it was like, that's not the story that they're getting. I'm getting a very, very different story from, this, from what they're being told. Um, and so, and obviously they, they were treating me like garbage. I mean, literally they were awful. Um, and so what I found out was that the story that they were getting was that I was abusive. I was crazy. Uh, he's an attorney, like I said, and he spent the last seven months that we were together recording me all day, every day. And he testified to this. Um, and I, I tried to get a protective order at one point mm-hmm. and he testified to this during that hearing that he had recorded me all day for seven months. So he essentially spent the last seven months of our relationship just building a case against me. Um, And he knew exactly what he was doing and he was doing it so that he would get custody of our children. And he did. Um, So, uh, so yeah, the, you know, the, the level of psychosis that when you think about that, to be able to sleep next to somebody talking about the future, saying I love you, those kinds of things while recording them and building a case against them is like, that's on a whole other level right there. Well, definitely. Yeah, that's, uh, that's bad. Yeah. <clears throat> so let me ask you a question. Um, where do you see, like, have, do you have an attorney to fight with? to fight him for custody now what are your plans going forward from now um no i don't have an attorney at this point i had an attorney at one point and she quit um she you know he's he's good (laughs) let's just say Mm. that he's good Mm. um his father's also an attorney in the town who's been an attorney there for you know close to 40 years at this point Mm. and he simply has way too much power and influence in the Mm. legal world there so i didn't a chance and so they you know they got to my attorney and one of the things that she did that was very not okay was the first time so we split up in March like I said in October I went to um, I went out one evening and I it was the first time that I was flirting with another man mm-hmm. um, and when I went back out to my car there was a broken um, whiskey bottle under my tires mm. and Um, I tried to get camera footage to see, you know, who did that. Um, And then I went to my attorney and I said, can you call the police and can you get this, um, try to get them to get the restaurant to give you the footage? And she said, no, I don't think he would do that. Mm. And I, you know, like, but what if he did? Like, you don't know. You know, so um, I, I lost trust in her and then she just quit. And so... I haven't hired anybody else right now because I know that this is happening. I know that there's a lot of underhanded stuff going on Mm -hmm. in the, in the attorney world there in town. Um, so that's not really the plan. Um, I don't really, right now I'm not going public with what my plans are for the future because you know, the things that I need to keep under, under wraps right now until things play out. That's right. But Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't blame you um, one bit. Um, yeah, my thing is, is that a lot of times narcissists will gaslight you. Yes. They make you out to be the crazy one. You know, oh, yeah. you're crazy. Oh, no, this is your problem. This is your issue. Um, yeah. So it sounds to me like that was what was created around you. You know, yeah. the showing you of the weapons right off, right out of the gate that was ensuring you're, you're to be fearful of him, for him yeah. to have that kind of control. Um, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we use the the will of control and abuse, you know. And so, um, so after he did that, like, what were some, did you ever have any, like, really, really bad times where did he ever lash out and hit you? Um, you know, anything violent? So, yeah, he, the first time that he got physically violent, um, and when I say violent, like he never hit me and Mm -hmm. he thinks that he was not physically abusive because he didn't hit me, but you know, physical abuse goes beyond just simply hitting. Um, So what he would do was he would pin me to the bed when he just got angry and couldn't control himself anymore. He would just pin me down. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at the very end of the relationship um, in March, he, he, we were standing face to face having an argument and he reached over the top of my head and used my head to force my whole body down onto the ground. So like pushing me down. Um, and then he flipped me over and straddled over my waist and pinned my arms above my head. Um, and because of the way that he pulled my head forward like that, I have a permanent spinal injury. I've got all of the medical records, um, you know, and like I had to do an MRI, I had to do months of physical therapy. I still have pain even now. Mm-hmm. And what's what's hard about that and then there was another injury um he caused a shoulder injury and uh because he he pinned my arm behind my back and pulled up on it you know Mm -hmm. and i went to the doctor for x-rays when that happened and um and she was trying to convince me to call the police she was you know being very empathetic and she's like i'm i'll sit here with you i'll be here for you I'll whatever you need I think that you need to call the police and I, I wouldn't do it and it was because of the gaslighting at that point um, because I believed at that point that if I was if I was more of what he wanted me to be mm-hmm. then he would stop abusing me and we'd be happy and so I really truly like at that point I thought that I could if, if only I could be what he wanted me to be then the abuse would stop so I, so I wouldn't call the police. Um, and so what ended up happening was I left her office and she called the police after I left, which obviously I didn't know at the time. I looked through my medical records since then and she put it in my records um, that she called the police after I left and tried to press charges for me. They didn't let her. They said if she doesn't want to press charges, then there's nothing we can do. Um, but yeah, that's, and then it was ruled in the custody case. It was ruled that I was guilty of domestic violence and he was not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A lot of times that happens. A lot of times it, it, they make it seem like it's your fault. And I've heard this a lot here lately from women, um, you know, several cases that's happened where narcissistic men, um, which some people don't believe in that term, but I do, um, because they do have that narcissist personality. Um, so to me, 
they turn it around to make it look like you're a fault and then make it look like you're the one that's causing the problem. Yeah. And ultimately it's them. So what would you say to some women out here that are in your situation or that have, that are going through your situation? Well, what would be your message to them women? I think you've got to get yourself safe. You got to get out of there and you got to get yourself safe. And I know that it's hard and I, it cut, it's hard. When I fled, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Getting on that airplane, kissing my children goodbye, knowing that that was it. It was the hardest thing I've ever done, but I'd be dead right now if I hadn't done it. I would not be here to be having this conversation. And it was more about, it was, you know, okay, I have to leave my kids now, but at least when they're grown and when we are reunited, and we will be, like it's 100% inevitable. I just don't know when, but when we are, I can be here to heal with them. And I I couldn't do that if I was six feet under right now, you know? So that that was the choice that I had to make. And it's, it was the hardest thing I've ever done, but I'm safe and I'm here for them as soon as, as soon as I, you know, we're reunited. So that's what I would say. I don't know that you know handling it the way that I did is right for everybody it's not right for everybody mm-hmm. um but you know that was that was what was right for me and I think that women you've got to get yourself safe you've got to get safe you've got to get out so it's yeah because Definitely. it only gets worse it doesn't get better it only gets worse yes agreeable it does and you know like what would you say to someone right now that's afraid that's you know in domestic violence and they're afraid of what's going to happen you know what is going to happen like would you give them the advice you know figure out a safety plan you know go from there because to me it that that goes first their safety you know and a lot of women are like you know i can't call the police you know, I can't because if I do, he's going to kill me, Yeah. you know? And so my biggest problem was, and um, I spoke to someone a little earlier today, you know, calling the police was not an option for me. You know, we say often call 911 if you're in danger, but calling 911 was not an option because I knew that if I had press charges, that maybe if I had put him in jail, he might have gotten out and he might have killed me. Yeah. So, um, you know, you do what's best for you at that time. And getting out and getting a safety plan is a lot better, like you said, than being dead. And, you know, if you have to just get away, you know what I'm saying? Like, just get away from the situation. Like, don't stay there and call the police. Get the heck up out of there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to get away so you can be safe. And I'm a big fan of women's shelters. I've stayed in a couple of women's shelters at this point, and they are, they're not going to force you to call the police. They're not going to tell anybody. Their records are very, extremely difficult for anybody to subpoena or get to in any way. Um, So I'm, I'm a big fan of women's shelters. They're there for you. They're a listening ear. They'll believe you. Um, and they'll give you resources, they'll help you. And if it takes, you know, time for you to actually be able to physically leave the relationship, that's okay. But, you know, get, start getting people behind you, start building a support system. Don't, 
you know, don't let him know that you're doing it, but start building up some sort of a support system. And women's shelters are a great way to start building that support system up. Yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, I have actually heard from a couple of victims from domestic violence and I actually talked to a lady and she said to me, why does she have to leave her property? Why does the lady have to go? Why does she got to go? Well, sometimes you don't have that option. There, The option is not on the table. It's either your life or your property because yeah. to me, materialistic things can come and can come and go but when we're talking about a human life we're talking about yourself and you know women their self-worth is gone after abuse you and i both know you know your self-esteem is over pretty much you know you you feel like you're right you feel like that you're nothing because this person has made you feel this way so not only have you been some women get physically beat down some women don't but um, at the end of the day emotional abuse will tear you apart and it can kill you just like physical abuse can Um, it can take your life from you so mental health is a big big issue as well with domestic violence so you know this has I think ultimately is going to be a big eye opener for some women that are listening um you know i love the fact that you talked to women and told them get to a shelter shelters are good that's why they're there um we need more women like you to advocate for shelters because you know so many victims don't want to go to shelters you know yeah you do have those that are not willing to be a participant in leaving the property and um, a woman lost her life in Alabama a few months back she was an investigator in Alabama and she wouldn't leave the property I feel like if she would have left she'd still be here yeah so um, I hope that you know that you were able to tell your story on here with dignity and um, if you want to continue to talk about anything else, you can. I'm sorry for the couple of notifications. I'm sure everyone heard that. Sorry. Um, I t- really tried to turn off my notifications. Uh, September can vouch for me on that. Uh, it didn't work. So, um, But I really hope you guys listen to her words and really get something out of what she said on this podcast. It's very important. Um, that we have open minds and we are willing to listen to women that are survivors and that have been victims of domestic violence and narcissistic people um, because narcissism and narcissistic people are abusive, period. Um, Yeah, and so she was forced to leave her children behind because of this. And um, I'm going to keep you in my prayers, girl. You're going to get, but you're going to get through this. This is just... Um, a small step for you um, very large step for you to leave and you just got to take baby steps to get to where you need to be yeah you know and so part of speaking out part of why I do these podcast interviews and I have a blog where I share my story yeah yeah but it's really a lot of it has to do with I want my children to know that I wanted them more than anything I know they're going to be lied to, things are going to happen, but I want them to have the solid evidence that I wanted them more than anything. 
and that I'm I'm trying to make the world a better place. I have mostly girls. I have a lot of daughters. So I don't want my daughters to end up in relationships like this. So I want to educate and I want to, you know, help help end this. I'm tired of it. It's an old tired story at this point. It's got to stop. Right. Um give everyone real quick your information on where they can find your stuff. Your blog. Yeah. My blog is septemberburton.com. Um, if you click on my story, that's where you'll get to, you know, a lot of the, the posts that are all about my story. Um, and then I'm all over social media, September Burton. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of those. Um, if you just search for September Burton, uh, there's not very many of us. So you'll probably find me pretty easily. No doubt, Miss September. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is September and your name is September. <laughs> so... I am so honored to know you, Miss September Burton, and I'm so honored that you wanted to come on to the podcast and talk about what you've been through. And well, uh, I appreciate you having me on. Very yeah, much. I, I, well, I'm just I'm overwhelmed with gratefulness, and um, your children are very lucky to have a mother like you. And um, you. you will get through this. So. That being said, I'm going to say goodbye because we're like on a time limit. <laughs> so <laughs> our minutes are ticking down. And um, guys, come on back to the podcast and listen in again because, you know, I know I've been a little, I've had a little bit of a hiatus for the past month and you haven't heard my voice, but be rest assured I am back with a vengeance and I'm going to be recording for the next month. We're going to have another guest um, pretty soon. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast as much as I enjoy talking and um, trying to give you new things to talk about. Um, But stay safe and be happy and love yourself. Know you're worth it. Know that you're beautiful. And um, I love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye.